64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Hello, and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? <clears throat> My name is Igor S.F. Walker. I am here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week, as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. And today, we look at factfulness. Ten reasons we are wrong about the world and why things are better than you think by Hans Rosling. In this video, we look at our problems. The fact is that we do not know what we do not know, and even our guesses are informed by unconscious and predictable biases. How can we be more factful? What does that even mean? Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools I have and use that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. Every group of people, Hans asked, thinks the world is more frightening, more violent, and more hopeless, in short, more dramatic, than it really is. How could business people make sensible decisions? for their organizations if their worldview were upside down? And how could each person going about their life know which issues should be stressed and worried about? Why is this ignorance about the world so widespread and so persistent? We are all wrong, sometimes even me. I'll readily admit that. But how could so many people be wrong about so much? People who took Hans' test over the years did have knowledge, but it was outdated, often several decades old. People have a worldview dated to the time when their teachers had left school. So to eradicate ignorance, we need to upgrade people's knowledge. Illusions don't happen in our eyes. They happen in our brains. They are systematic misinterpretations unrelated to individual sight problems. Knowing that most people are deluded means you do not need to be embarrassed. Instead, you can be curious. How does this illusion work? Similarly, you can look at the results from public polls 
and skip being embarrassed. Instead, be curious. How does this global illusion work? Why do so many people's brains systematically misinterpret the state of the world? Are you more interested in being right than continuing to live in your bubble? If you are willing to change your worldview, if you are ready for critical thinking to replace instinctive reaction, and if you are feeling humble, curious, and ready to be amazed, we know that people believe that life in low-income countries is much worse than it actually is. Of the world population, what percentage lives in low-income countries? The majority suggests that the answer was 50% or more. The average guess was 59%. The real figure is 9%. Only 9% of the world lives in low-income countries. They are really bad in many ways, but they're not at or below the level of Afghanistan, Somalia, or Central African Republic, the worst places to live on the planet. Low-income countries are much more developed than most people think, and vastly fewer people live in them. The idea of a divided world with a majority stuck in misery and deprivation is an illusion. It is a complete misconception, simply wrong. The majority of people live neither in low-income countries nor in high-income countries, but in middle-income countries. This category doesn't even exist in the divided mindset, but in reality, it definitely does exist. It is where 75% of humanity lives. Right there where the gap is supposed to be, or to put it in another way, there is no gap. Combining middle and high-income countries, that makes 91% of humanity, most of who have integrated into the global market and made great progress toward decent lives. Misconception, we and them. What should we call them instead? What we should do is stop dividing countries into two groups. It doesn't make sense anymore. It doesn't help us to understand the world in a practical way. It doesn't help businesses find opportunities, and it does not help aid money to find the poorest people. Factfulness is recognizing when a story talks about a gap and remembering that this paints a picture of two separate groups with the gap in between. In reality, it is often not polarized at all. Usually the majority is right there in the middle where the gap's supposed to be. To control the gap instinct, look for the majority. Beware comparisons of averages. If you could check the spreads, you would probably find they overlap. There's probably no gap at all. And beware of comparisons of extremes. In all groups of countries or people, there are some at the top and some at the bottom. 
The difference is sometimes is extremely unfair, but even then, the majority is usually somewhere in between, right where the gap is supposed to be. The view from up here, looking down from above, this sorts the view. Everything else looks equally short, but it's not. How can anyone say the world is getting worse? In large part, it is because of our negativity instinct, our instinct to notice the bad more than the good. There are three things going on here. The misremembering of the past, selective reporting by journalists and activists, and the feeling that as long as things are bad, it is heartless to say they're getting better. Feeling, not thinking. What are people really thinking when they say the world is getting worse? My guess is they're not thinking, they are feeling. If you still feel uncomfortable agreeing that the world is getting better, even after seeing all this beautiful data proving it, my guess is that is because you know that huge problems still remain. My guess is you feel that me saying that the world is getting better is like me telling you that everything is fine or that you should look away from these problems and pretend they don't exist. And that feels ridiculous and stressful. And I agree, everything is not fine. We should still be very concerned as long as there are plane crashes, preventable child deaths, endangered species, climate change deniers, male chauvinists, crazy dictators, toxic waste, journalists in prison, girls not getting an education because of their gender. As long as such terrible things exist, we cannot relax. Saying things are improving, does it imply that everything is fine and we should all relax and not worry? No, not at all. It is helpful. Is it helpful to have to choose between bad and improving? Definitely not. It is both. It is both bad and better. Better and bad at the same time. This is how we must think about the current state of the world. Keep in mind that the positive changes may be more common, but they don't find you. You need to find them. And if you look in the statistics, they are everywhere. This reminder will give you the basic protection and remind you and your children to keep watching the news be without getting carried away into the dystopia every day. Factfulness is recognizing when we get negative news and remembering that information about bad news is much more likely to reach us. When things are getting better, we often don't hear about them. This gives us a systematically too negative impression of the world around us, which is very stressful. To control the negativity instinct, expect bad news. Remember, better and bad. Practice distinguishing between a level Example, bad, in a direction of change. Example, better. Convince yourself that things can be both, better and bad. Good news is not news. Good news is almost never reported, so news is almost always bad. When you see bad news, ask whether equally positive news would have reached you. Gradual improvement is not news when Gradual improvement with periodic dips 
you are going to notice the dips more than the overall improvement. More news does not equal more suffering. More bad news is sometimes due to better surveillance of suffering, not a worsening world. Beware of the rosy pasts. People often glorify their early experiences and nations often glorify their histories. Critical thinking is always difficult, but it is almost impossible when we are scared. There's no room for facts when our minds are occupied by fear. None of us has enough mental capacity to consume all the information out there. The question is, what part are we processing and how did it get selected? And what part are we ignoring? The kind of information we see most likely to process is stories. Information that sounds dramatic. For the first time in world's history, data exists for almost every aspect of global development. And yet, because of our dramatic instinct and the way the media must tap into them and grab our attention, we continue to have an overdramatic worldview. Of all of our dramatic instincts, it seems to be that the fear instinct most strongly influences what information gets selected, produced, and presented to us as consumers. Factfulness is recognizing when frightening things get our attention and remembering that these are not necessarily the most risky. Our natural fear of violence, captivity, and contamination makes us systematically overestimate these risks. To control the fear instinct, calculate the risk. The scary world, fear versus reality. The world seems scarier than it is because we hear about it has been selected by your attention filter or by the media precisely because it is scary. Risk equals danger times exposure. The risk something possesses to you depends not only on how scared it makes you feel, but on a combination of two things. How dangerous is it? And how much are you exposed to it? Get calm before you carry on. When you're afraid, you see the world differently. Make as few decisions as possible until the panic has subsided. Factfulness is recognizing when a lonely number seems impressive, small or large, and remembering that you could get the opposite impression if it were compared with or divided by some other relevant number. To control the size instinct, get things in proportion. Compare. Big numbers always look big. Single numbers on their own are misleading and should make you suspicious. Always look at comparisons. Ideally, divide by something. Have you been given a long list? Look at the few largest items and deal with those first. They're quite likely more important than all the others put together. Divide amounts and rates can tell very different stories. Rates are more meaningful, especially when comparing with different size groups. Look for rates per person when comparing between countries or regions. Assume you are not normal and other people are not idiots. To avoid getting your leg crushed in an elevator or other bad mistakes, stay open to the possibility that your experience might not be normal. 
be cautious about generalizing from level four, which is the highest income level experiences to the rest of the world, especially if it leads you to the conclusion that other people are idiots. What we should try to do is to avoid generalizing incorrectly, to control the generalization instinct. Question your categories. Look for differences within groups, especially when the groups are large. Look for ways to split them into smaller, more precise categories. Look for similarities across groups. If you find striking similarities between different groups, consider whether your categories are relevant. Look for differences across groups. Do not assume that what applies for one group applies for another. Be aware of the majority. The majority just means more than half. So ask whether it means 51%, 99%, or something in between. Beware of vivid examples. Vivid images are easier to recall, but they might be the exception rather than the rule. Assume people are not idiots. When something looks strange, be curious and humble and think, in which way is this a smart solution? Factfulness is recognizing that many things, including people, countries, regions, and cultures, appear to be constant just because the change is happening slowly, and remembering that even small, slow changes gradually add up to big changes to control your destiny instinct. Remember, slow changes is still change. Keep track of gradual improvements. A small change every year can translate to a huge change over decades. Update your knowledge. Some knowledge goes out of date quickly. Technologies, countries, societies, cultures, and religions are constantly changing. Talk to grandpa. If you want to be reminded of how values have changed, Think about your grandparents' values and how they differ from yours. Collect examples of cultural change. Challenge the idea that today's culture must also have been yesterday's and it will also be tomorrow's. United States spends more than twice as much per capita on healthcare as other capitalist countries on level four, which is the highest income level. Around $9,400 compared to $3,600 and for that money, its citizens can expect lives that are three years shorter. Instead of comparing themselves with extreme socialist regimes, U.S. citizens should be asking why they cannot achieve the same level of health for the same cost as other capitalist countries that have similar resources. The answer is not difficult, by the way. It is the absence of the basic public health insurance that citizens of most countries on level four with the highest income level take for granted. On the current U.S. system, rich insured patients visit doctors more than they need to, running up the cost, while poor patients cannot afford even simple, inexpensive treatments and die younger than they should. Doctors spend time that could be used to save lives or treat illness, providing unnecessary, meaningless care. What a tragic waste of physicians' time. People like me who believe this are often tempted to argue that democracy leads to or is even a requirement for other good things like peace, social progress, health improvements, and economic growth. But here's the thing. 
and it is hard to accept. The evidence does not support the stance. Most countries that made great economic social progress are not democracies. South Korea moved from level one lowest income to level three faster than any country had ever done without finding oil, and all the time as a military dictatorship. Of the 10 countries with the fastest economic growth in 2016, nine of them score low on democracy. Anyone who claims that democracy is a necessity for economic growth and health improvement will risk getting contradicted by reality. It is better to argue for democracy as a goal in itself, instead as a superior means to reaching other goals we like. The world cannot be understood without numbers, nor through numbers alone. Factfulness is recognizing that a single perspective can limit your imagination, and remembering that it is better to look at problems from many angles, angles to get an accurate understanding and find practical solutions to control the single perspective instinct. Get a toolbox, not just a hammer. Test your ideas. Don't only collect examples that show how excellent your favorite ideas are. Have people who disagree with you test your ideas and find their weaknesses. Limited expertise. Do not claim expertise beyond your field. Be humble about what you do not know. Be aware, too, of the limits of the expertise of others. Hammers and nails. If you are good with the tool, you may want to use it too often. If you have analyzed the problem in depth, you can end up exaggerating the importance of that problem or of your solution. Remember that no one tool is good for everything. If your favorite idea is a hammer, look for colleagues with screwdrivers, wrenches, and tape measures. Be open to ideas from other fields. Numbers. But not only numbers. The world cannot be understood without numbers, and it cannot be understood with numbers alone. Love numbers for what they tell you about real lives. Beware of simple ideas and simple solutions. History is full of visionaries who used simple utopian visions to justify terrible actions. Welcome complexities. Combine ideas. Compromise. Solve problems on a case-by-case -case basis. The urgency instinct. Now or never. Learn factfulness now. Tomorrow may be too late. Will you change the way you think today or live in ignorance forever? It is up to you. Act now or lose the chance forever. They are deliberately triggering your urgency instinct. The call to action makes you think less critically, decide more quickly, and act now. So relax. It is almost never true. It is almost never that urgent, and it is almost never an either-or situation. Learn to control the urgency instinct. Special offer today only. I don't tell you not to worry. I tell you to worry about the right things. I don't tell you to look away from the news or to ignore the activists' calls to action. I tell you to ignore the noise. But keep an eye on the big global risks. I don't tell you not to be afraid. I tell you to stay cool-headed and support the global collaborations we need to reduce these risks. Control your urgency instinct. Control 
all your dramatic instincts, be less stressed by the imaginary problems of the overdramatic world and more alert to the real problems and how to solve them. Factfulness is recognizing when a decision feels urgent and remembering that it rarely is. To control the urgency instinct, take small steps. Take a breath. When your urgency instinct is triggered, your other instincts kick in and your analysis shuts down. Beware of fortune tellers. Any prediction about the future is uncertain. Beware of the predictions that fail to acknowledge that. Insist on a full range scenario is never just the best or the worst case scenario. And there you have it. Factfulness. Ten reasons we are wrong about the world and why things are better than you think by Hans Rosling. Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Leave a comment and share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it and read. Never stop learning, especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you are ready to improve your self-awareness, your social awareness, your self-management and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.